the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. You're invited to join us in worship via live streaming this Sunday morning at either 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock. Visit LargoCC.org and click on Watch Live. How can I describe words are inadequate? Friend, if I spoke with the tongues of men and angels, the heavenly languages it still would not be sufficient enough to describe God and His great love to us. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. I'm going to jump right into the middle of this message. I'm going to go to verse 8. Then I'll move to verse 9 and then to verse 10. I'm going to make a reference to verse 16. And then I'll go back to the beginning. And uh, I'm doing this because in verse 8, it has three great, wonderful words. And I don't believe I can move into this message without addressing these three wonderful words. These three wonderful words are also found in verse 16. The words are, there they are on the screen. Would you read them now? The greatest single statement about God in the entire Bible. There it is. There it is. The greatest single statement about God. Someone says, tell me about God. God is love. Now, we're not saying love is God. No, not at all. But God is love. This infinite creator uh, that made heaven and earth that is also very personable. Jesus taught us to call him Father, even Abba Father, speaking of a dear and intimate relationship that we can have with this great creator. When I titled the message, God's Unspeakable Love, the reason or the purpose in using the word unspeakable is simply because, what else can I say? (laughs) How can I describe Words are inadequate. Friend, if I spoke with the tongues of men and angels, the heavenly languages, it still would not be sufficient enough to describe God and his great love to us. God cares for us so deeply, and he loves us so sincerely. And this love that has come upon us has now entered into us, and now it's beginning to flow out through us. The scripture says, by this, John 13, by this, by what? By love shall all men know that you are my disciples. Not by what you say or what you preach or what you teach. That doesn't classify you as a Christian. But the love of God that has come into your heart and the love of God that is coming forth, that is true evangelism. That is missionary service. And it has happened. And I have seen it. And I have been a recipient of it. And I praise God For you and for what he's done in your life and what you have allowed him to do in your life. God can't do anything for us unless we yield to him and allow him to do it. 
But by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. I'm incapable of talking about God, expressing my thoughts about him. Uh, He is so high, so mighty. He fills the universe. He's filled eternity. Where can I go from the and hide from the presence of God. God is awesome, and yet God is very personal. He not only loves people and loves congregations, but he loves individuals. When I was a younger pastor, and I was going, starting in the ministry and began preaching, I used to buy books by A.W. Tozer. You may never heard of that man. Uh, He's gone on to be with the Lord, a great pastor, a great theologian. And he addressed this subject. And this is what Tozer said. He said, I can no more do justice to this awesome and wonder-filled topic than a little child could reach up and grasp a star. A little child reaching up to grasp a star. My hand now, am I any closer to a star, reaching a star? So no matter what I say about God, it falls so far short of what he is and his mighty power and love and mercy to us. That's the thing that that so staggers my imagination, that this God that is higher than the stars, who created the stars, can be bothered by my little life, your little life. He can be bothered. And he indeed is bothered. He cares so greatly. But notice it said, God is. He is love. That little word is, meaning he is what he is. And what he is now, he always was. And what he always was, he is. And what he is, he always shall be. Love never changes. Love never changes. Love is forever. Love is for real. And this is our God. God is love, the unchangeable essence of God. Now, I want you to read on the screen verse 9. Read it in unison with me. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Now, notice it said, this is how God showed his love. Now, it it would be absolutely... uh, Ridiculous to talk about love, to talk about compassion without showing it. But God shows his love. Love is a noun and love is a verb. Love as a verb, it is an action word. It can't be dormant. It moves, it does, it acts, it behaves. God showed his love. He just didn't sing a song about love and preach a sermon about love. God sent his one and only son into the world. Love shows itself. You may have heard the, the parable of the pit. You may have heard that. I don't know whether you have or not, but uh, I, I, I hadn't heard it. I don't think I'd ever heard it before, but I, I wrote it down, and I thought I'd share it with you. The parable of the pit. It was a, a story about some travelers that, are, that, that uh, this man was traveling, and he fell into a pit. And uh, he couldn't get out. He, he's struggling to get out of the pit. And so here comes some people by, and here's a very sensitive person. Very sensitive person. The sensitive person looks down into the pit and says, Oh, my, how terrible. I really feel for you. And then goes on his way. Now comes the logical person, you know, the brainy type. And he looks into the pit, and he says, Hmm, you know, It's logical that somebody was going to fall into that pit. And you happen to be that person. 
I know it sounds silly. It is. Um, <clears throat> and then here comes that curious person. He's very curious. And he, he sees the man down in that pit and he says, you know, he said, I'm just curious. How did that happen? <laughs> How did you fall into the pit? Well, then comes the, the IRS man, the IRS agent. He said, are you paying taxes on your pit? Then comes that self-pitying man and said, oh, you're in a pit. Well, well, wait a minute. Let me tell you about my, you think that's, that's a pit? Let me tell you about my pit that I was in. And then comes along the optimist. And the optimist says, listen, sir, you just cheer up now. Cheer up. Things could be worse. Then the, then the, <laughs> silly, isn't it? Then the pessimist comes by and says, be prepared. Things are bad, but they're going to get worse. (laughs) Then Jesus comes by and says, give me your hand. Come on up out of that pit. And he pulls him up out of the pit. That's what Jesus does. The psalmist said in Psalm chapter 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry, meaning he inclined his ear. God Almighty, he turned to me. He turned to me. Of all the people on the face of the earth, he heard me. He saw me. He, he turned to, to me. He, he, I guess he just ignored all the rest of you. <laughs> and he, he turned to me and heard my cry. Listen to what? And heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock. And gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise. God heard me. God turned. He focused. He gave me his undivided. He heard me. Of all the voices in the world today. All the the noises. God heard me. God heard you. The Almighty. President Obama hadn't heard you, has he? No. No other politician, no king, no queen has heard you. But the Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth heard you. And he hears you. And he lifts you. And he blesses you. These are the gifts of God's love. God's love is an act of love. Now, I'm going to go back to verse 7. I said I was going to start in the middle, and I'm going to go back. Now, I want you to read verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Everyone. You see, God loves congregations, but congregations are made of, comprised of individuals. And God loves individuals, and he brings individuals together. And they make a congregation. They make a church. Jesus said, I will build my church. Now, I'm going to tell you what the hardest thing in the world to believe, for you to believe, for me to believe. The hardest thing in the world for me to believe, for any person to believe. I'm not talking about believing in a miracle. I'm not talking about believing in healing of the sick. That's... That's maybe hard to believe in for a miracle or hard to believe uh, for the healing of someone's sick. But there's something harder than that. Are you listening to me? Here it is. The hardest thing 
on earth for a Christian to believe is that he or she matters to God. That's the hardest thing to do. Sometimes we have difficulty believing that we truly matter. Now, we'll say that. Oh, I know I matter to God. We may even quote the scripture from uh, Luke uh, 12 where Jesus said, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Not one sparrow falls to the ground without your father seeing it. You're worth more than many sparrows. We'll also maybe talk about John 10 where Jesus said, I know my sheep by name. He knows my name. He knows my name. We'll, we'll quote those. But to, but to come to the realization, I mean come to the realization that, that I matter to God. That God will incline his ear. That God will pause and turn and, and look at me when I pray. Of all the people in the world, you matter to God. I matter to God. That is the most difficult thing. That's why it's so hard sometimes for us to pray and to believe to re- that God's going to receive an, uh, our prayer and we're going to receive an answer from the Lord. Friend, he loves you with an everlasting love. A love that will never change, a love that will never stop, a love that will never cease. You matter to God. And that we, if we could ever that, get our hands around that or get our heart around that or get our mind around that, that I matter to God, that God watches over me, he sees me, he takes care of me, he provides for me. St. Augustine, uh, the theologian from North Africa said, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. Whew. Can I believe that? Can I receive that? Okay, look at it. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God, has been born of God, and knows God. Now, we are to do to one another what God has done to us. We're not going to fake it or be hypocritical about it, but we're going to love. It's going to be genuine, and it's going to be authentic. It's going to be Christ in me, loving out through me, and that's what makes the Christian the salt of the earth. That's what makes the Christian the light of the world. There is something that that Christian is doing that nobody else can do, and nobody else is doing it. It's love, the greatest power on earth. It's the love of God. God is love. And everybody who knows God and everyone that God knows as his son or his daughter knows love and follows love. Now look at verse 10. Put verse 10 on the screen for me, please. Verse 10. Let's, let's read this. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. Back in 1937, a man by the name of John Griffin was working in Mississippi on the, for the railroad as a, uh, a bridge tender. It's those uh, bridges that will open up and let a boat go through, and then it'll close back down. Well, this was a railroad bridge. It had rails. And uh, John was 
Griffin was working there, and this particular day, his eight-year-old son went to work with him. And that little boy had all kinds of questions to ask his daddy. He just jabbered on all day long, just jabber, jabber, jabber. And he looked at everything, explored everything. His little curious mind wouldn't let him rest at all. And then dad missed his son. He looked all around, couldn't find his son. And he looked out, and he saw that the son had left the, 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 the room where the, all the levers are that the moves the bridge. And uh, John had pulled the levers back to raise the bridge up so a boat could go through, a rather large boat. And the boat was going through, and he looked out, and his little eight-year-old son had crawled up in among the gears, the gears that, that locked, that, that might make that thing happen. And, and John became panicky. He said, oh, my God, my son's out there among those gears. And he ran out of the, the, the booth that he was in, and just as he ran out, he heard the whistle of the Memphis Express with 400 passengers on it coming down the track at a great speed. John had to get that bridge down again, otherwise 400 people would be killed. But if he put the bridge down, his eight-year-old son would be just chewed up and ground. What a decision he had to make. And the whistle was blown and the train was coming. John goes back into the booth. He pulls the lever and the bridge comes down and just chews that little boy's body all to pieces. And as the train went by, John looked. The people on the train had absolutely no idea of what was going on. But some of the people went by and they waved at John. John said he saw people reading the newspaper. There were people in the dining car, relaxed and enjoying themselves. And there was his little son, just all chewed up. God gave his one and only son. My sin and your sin beat him, chewed him up. Blood. I thought about it as I was thinking last night. Did Jesus have any more blood? Was there such thing as a blood transfusion back then? I don't think so. But there he was. And God looking at his one and only son until God himself, the Almighty, couldn't look anymore and turn and look the other way. His son was just so chewed up with my sin and the sin of the world. God gave his one and only son. And when God turned his face the other way, Jesus said, my God, why have you forsaken me? All alone. Now, friend, he cares. He loves you. He, he died for you. He gave his all for you. And he hurt just like any other human being. When our flesh is, is pricked or, or hurt, he went through pain and went through agony. Somehow that truth has never gotten quite through to so many people. Maybe to some, I hope so. But I think there's so many people today, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll drive by a church and that's a nice building. Or they'll come in the church on, a, on an occasion once every few months. It's sort of like they're going by and sort of giving God a wave, you know. We know you're there. We believe in you. You believe in God. Oh, yeah, I believe in God. And it's just like the train going by and the people looking out at John, knowing that John had just killed his own son to save them. Jesus killed his own son to save me. 
to save you and to bring us into the kingdom of God. Friend, I'll say it again. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will get it through to me and get it through to you. That you matter to God. You matter to God. I cannot, I can't get away from that. I don't want to get away from that. That I matter to him. Have you given your heart to him? Have you given your heart? The way we, we come into the kingdom of God is we come knowing that our sins Jesus took. Our sins were like the, 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 the gears that chewed up that little eight-year-old body. Our sins, our, our, our lives have, have gone the way of sin. And sin has destroyed our relationship with God. And now we come back to God and confess that sin. And God forgives and God restores this is what God does. He, he yearns to bring us into his family and to bring us into his kingdom. He, he yearns that we become born again and live uh, the, the life that he gives us. Sin destroys us. But God brings us back and gives us life. This is what God will do if we will humble ourselves. D- don't just say, yeah, I believe in God and, and, uh, and, and church is a nice thing and Nice people go to church and, you know, you're just sort of waving at God as you pass by. And all the while, God's son, even to this day and in eternity, and when you stand before him in that day, you'll see the nail prints in his hands. Sin made him ugly. But, oh, those hands are so beautiful. So beautiful. I think I told you the story one time about the girl in the living room with her girlfriend from school. She was a teenager, had her another teenage girl in, and her mother walked through. And her mother had terrible scars on her face. Her mother was made ugly. And one day, when the mother went through and walked into the other room, she heard her daughter say to her girlfriend, oh, that's just the woman that comes to help us, to clean the house for us. And it just about broke the mother's heart. And when the girl's girlfriend left, the mother came back and she said, Honey, I have to tell you something. When you were only two or three months old, our house caught on fire. And you were there and I was outside. And the house was burning. And I couldn't allow you to burn with it. You were my baby. And I ran back in the house and the fire fell on me and the beams fell. But I got you. I made it to you. And she says, I grabbed you up and threw a blanket around you. And she says, and my arms and my hair all burn off and my face. And she said, you see these scars? That's, that's how they came. I wasn't born this way. I rescued you. Well, her little daughter began to cry and took her mother's hand. And started kissing those scars. Those scars are on mom's hands and her face and all over her body that the little girl doesn't see because of the the dress. But those scars are there because mother saved me. And she was ashamed of her mother's scars. Jesus took our sin, our hell, our scars, our beating, our crucifixion. He, the pure lamb of God... He took it all in order to bring us in. And still some aren't willing to commit to him, to make the confession, to repent. 
Friend, he loves you with an everlasting love. You matter to him. He wants to help you. But you've got to open your heart and say, help me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart. And when you do, he'll put his arms around you. He'll save you. But those scars, he has them today on his forehead, on his head, on his hands, and his feet. And he will carry those scars. Oh, when he resurrected, he said to Thomas, Behold my hands and my feet and my side. Even in his resurrection body, he bore the scars. He chose the nails. You matter to him. You matter to him. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris. May the word of God you hear on this program bring healing and wholeness to your life, spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. We appreciate your prayers and your financial gifts for the support of this ministry. Friend, Jesus loves you, and we love you too. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of the Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.